What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Elevate your sports betting game with DGEN Gang Sports Discord. Join their community of expert bettors for daily tips, real time analysis, and an exclusive winning playbook available 24 7. Their seasoned handicappers cover football, basketball, baseball, and soccer, providing deep dives into stats and exclusive picks. Enjoy a seven-day free trial and a 75% discount on your first month by using the code WINTERSALE. That's all one word. Don't leave success to chance. Redefine the game with them at WAP.com slash DGEN-GANG. It's not just betting. It's winning with the DGEN gang. Again, that's WAP, W-H-O-P dot com slash D-E-G-E-N dash gang. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. Says I just your ass. This is my You're gonna acknowledge me. All right, everybody. It is time to talk Monday Night Raw that took place last night in San Diego, California. A massive Raw, bigger than probably anyone could have expected out of a day one event. I mean, bigger than most pay per views. And that day one event led to a lot, a lot to talk about. Obviously headlined by The Rock's return and tease of the Roman Reigns match. Guys, let's put this to rest. It's happening. Whether you want it to happen or not, whether you think Cody Rhodes should be the person there or not, we'll dive into that at the beginning of the show in just a minute. But I want to welcome those of you who are new to the show. I got several new listeners over the last couple of days and I think a lot of that has to do with the buzz around the rock and I'm glad you're here because this is a great time to jump on board on the WWE podcast we have ad free everything I know that uh, a lot of you that are listeners even regular ones are you know the one thing that you would change is you have too many ads well you can get rid of that for a dollar a month try us out though if you don't want to uh, subscribe and, and, and really commit yourself to anything you have a seven day free trial on patreon.com slash WWE podcast and you also have a free trial for seven days on Apple Podcasts. But I think you'll once you try, you'll stick with us because you realize, hey, for a dollar, a couple bucks a month, this is this is worth it. I mean, we, we pump out about six to seven shows a week. And with WrestleMania season around the corner, it's a great place to stick around and join the Discord server as well on Patreon. 
and get our exclusive shows only available on Patreon uh, for the NXT Plus and above and the Apple subscribers for the exclusive adult version of the After Dark show. All right. It's a not for the the kids and the wives, so to speak. So we have got a lot to offer, I think, in the next uh, couple of months as WrestleMania season is officially upon us. Well, guys, The Rock. Now, he did come back a couple of months ago in that surprise appearance that was not advertised. And neither was this one to, to, to really, for all intents and purposes, it wasn't advertised The Rock would be there. But it was speculated last second he would be, given that he was in the area and uh, was only within a couple-hour drive. And then there was a photo that surfaced of Nick Khan in the background with The Rock. So, rumors circulated quickly. I downplayed it. I didn't think it would happen, but it did. And it was initially the uh, Jinder Mahal return, uh, as he is a former WWE champion. And then, my God, did you listen to the crowd? The crowd was just an utter, you talk about disappointment. It's, it's a disappointment. The kind, only kind of disappointment you get is when, uh, you know, th- that kind when you're a kid and you think you're going to have a snow day and you wake up and there's no snow. And you're like, what the hell? You you planned on having the day off and there's like a dusting of snow or no snow. The weatherman got it wrong. You know, that kind of thing. Or you don't get the present you want for, for Christmas, the one you really want or for your birthday as a kid. It felt like that kind of disappointment on adult faces for 15,000 of them in San Diego when they saw Jinder Mahal. Um, and when they, he came out, you know, unfortunately, it was spoiled for me before I saw the segment because I'm on social media. If you notice, I'm on X a lot more lately, trying to be more active on, uh, on on social media. But that said, it still was fun to watch and seeing Junior Mahal come out there and and run the run down the crowd for five minutes and troll the crowd and and sing our national anthem or say our national anthem in Punjabi, and then having us boo it and then only to have him tell us that that he. Uh, you got, we just booed our own national anthem and that he spoke it in Punjabi and that he we only hate him because of how he looks and how he speaks. That was very much a Muhammad Hassan uh, kind of take on his character. Muhammad Hassan said the very same things. You hate me because of how I look and how I speak. But it was still a really enjoyable promo from a heel. And I, I have continued to to bang the drum of Jinder Mahal. And I know this is all about The Rock. We'll get him to him, get to him in a second. But... um. Jinder Mahal, can we not give him credit here? He, yeah, I, I think there's more to him than we've seen, obviously, over the last six to 12 months. He's been with the end of year, has the mouthpiece of the end of year, and they have been hot, you know, hot and cold, 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 little warm, cold, 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 meaning he's barely on TV. And then uh, he shows up here as the table setter for The Rock to return. And I think he did an excellent job. So before we get to, obviously, the, the main course here, talking about The Rock, I just want to give props to Jinder Mahal, who did an excellent job of running down the crowd uh, for five minutes and just setting the table for The Rock's return. And what a pop it was. The Rock showed his goosebumps, and the crowd lost their minds. Michael Cole even seemed to lose it. Samantha Irvin, the ring announcer, who I am a big fan of, just uh, if you've seen that video circulating, it kind of went viral in the wrestling community anyway. She genuinely seemed shocked, and it, it was just such a fun reaction for her. And she's, I have to say, I don't, I don't know what it is about her. She's got a very likable quality. So it was fun to see that. And, and uh, Cole 
genuinely seemed surprised as well. It was just a fun moment, and The Rock comes out, and he insults General Hall and you know does his usual half the audience chance for this, the other half chance for this, and bordering on the line of TV-14 in terms of you know, telling everyone to call Jinder Mahal a D-bag. I'm not a fan of that whole play-along thing. I have to say, it's just not my thing. I, I, I think it went on too long. But it's fine. I'm, again, some of you are like, oh, you're really going to complain about The Rock coming back? No, it's just certain things aren't my cup of tea with what they've morphed The Rock character into. But generally, it's still an amazing moment. And the biggest takeaway was not, of course, the inevitable spine buster and people's elbow. I would also, by the way, before I get to the main piece, can we get a rock bottom? I don't, you know, I love the people's elbow as much as the next person, but the rock bottom is his true finish. I mean, it, it's, uh, to me, that, that that's like, you know, Austin hitting the bionic elbow, but not the stunner, you know, or hitting his Lou bench press and not the stunner. It's like, that's your signature move. I know he's finished matches with it, but I'd still like to see the rock bottom. It's been a while since we've seen that. Now, the real meat of this whole segment came at the very end after Jinder Mahal was humiliated and uh, sent backstage. And that's when he said he's, you know, he's hungry. He's looking to go out to eat in San Diego. And he's asking the crowd, where would you like me to sit? In a booth? At the bar? Or how about at the head of the table? And the crowd lost their collective minds. And they should have. And... It, it, it's it's at a complete acknowledgement, pun intended, this match is happening. Now, there has been a great debate on X about what the upcoming schedule is because, and, and really funny memes about Cody Rhodes and how, you know, uh, there's, there's a, there was a meme of Cody Rhodes smashing the throne when he was in AEW representing Triple H's throne and Triple H on the other side saying, you know, I, I'll, never for, I'll, I'll never forget or, you know, something about holding a grudge. There's some funny things, and and, and um, let me just say this as plainly as I can. While some people out there may think that for Cody Rhodes and for Roman's championship, it is a better idea to have Cody face uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40. That it, he would be it would be a better match from a wrestling perspective, and that. Uh, Cody makes more sense to take the belt off of Roman and it is more unpredictable if the belt's on the line. To which I would say, sure. Yeah, he is a actual, a, a much more of a legitimate threat to Roman's belt than The Rock would be. Absolutely. Totally agree. Would the match be better from a wrestling perspective if you're only looking at the physical part of it? Probably in some respects, Yes. They put on an awesome match last year at WrestleMania 39 in the main event. They did an excellent job. I understand all of that. But Cody's story, let me just say this. For those of you that are Cody supporters and are really disappointed he may not main event WrestleMania 40 now. Cody's, quote unquote, finishing his story means he just needs to win the championship. It doesn't specify where. I know you'd like it at WrestleMania 40. I understand that. But Cody's story can be finished at any time. 
and it could be at the Elimination Chamber. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, well, The Rock could face Roman at WrestleMania or at uh, Elimination Chamber. It's in Perth, uh, Australia, and, and it, you know, a 60,000-seat stadium. Wonderful. Uh, but you really believe, and I'm sorry, this is just the way it is. If anyone out there believes that Roman Reigns and Cody is a bigger draw money-wise and exposure-wise than Rock Roman, you're either lying to yourself or you don't want to believe it and you're just trying to pretend it's not real. It may make more sense to get the belt on Cody, yes, but the Rock Roman, I agree, doesn't need a championship and should not have a championship, and I have been on that boat for years. But the money draw, and and, and you need to look at this through the perspective of WWE's a company that's trying to make money. If that's one of your uh, major goals, wouldn't the Rock headlining WrestleMania against Roman Reigns get just a little more exposure and a little more press than the Rock, or rather Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns? It's just an objective fact. And I know you may not like it. I know it may not be something you want to happen, but it's happening. If you think The Rock's coming back to face Roman at Elimination Chamber, to then just suddenly disappear before WrestleMania 40, think about that statement. Say that out loud to yourself. The Rock appears just before WrestleMania season, or just at the beginning of WrestleMania season, faces Roman at at Elimination Chamber, and then disappears with WrestleMania just a month and a half after that. It's, 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 it's laughable. It's laughable. Uh, so I just wanted to say that. I mean, there are so much, there's so much more on the line with WWE and, and really more opportunity, I should say, with The Rock and Roman, with advertisers, which is their main source of revenue, who would want to get a piece of that. The Rock is literally the biggest star in the world crossing sports, crossing entertainment. I don't mean sports entertainment. I mean literally any genre of sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, entertainment, movies, TV, shows, whatever. He's the biggest star likely in both. He is a household name. Cody Rhodes, on the other hand, is a star in the wrestling world only. So that right there should tell you which would get more exposure. And you may not care about this. Oh, who cares about who gets more exposure? Again, WWE does because they care about money. (laughs) And if that makes you angry, welcome to the world of of for-profit organizations. God forbid they're in the business of making money. So I just want to put that to rest. I'm not wavering. I'm not pretending that, oh, well, it would might make more sense if, yeah, sure, if you were running your little wrestling company, and or I was, would I put the Rock and Roman WrestleMania 40? You know what? I would, but I would take the belt off of him and put it on Cody at, at the Elimination Chamber. That's what I would do. But how does Cody face Roman at, at the Elimination Chamber when you have the Rock clogging up WrestleMania if, if Roman was, or Cody was to win the Rumble? There's creative solutions to get there. You could do trades or whatever. But I think that's what's still going to happen. You have Rock Roman at WrestleMania 40, the only way it can and should be. And uh, you have uh, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes, <coughs> excuse me, 
at the Elimination Chamber after Randy Orton fails to beat Roman Reigns at the, at the Royal Rumble. That's what I think. I mean, you still could have Randy win, but the, the odds of Randy Orton winning at the Royal Rumble are now decreasing by the minute. So that's what I think. I don't want to belabor the point, but it seems to be this big discussion or just this topic of contention lately on social media, particularly on X. And I just want to put it to breast. There's just no need to be cute about it. These people are trying to be creative to, to try to be the smartest guy in the room. It's like, this doesn't need to be overthought. Sometimes the simplest, simplest solution is the best one. Not always. Sometimes things are complex and you need to think about this one's easy. This is a match. Now that I can officially talk about it. Finally, I've been unleashed. That is literally nine years in the making. I know they like to say, oh, it's really started since Roman started calling himself the head of the table. No, 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 no. It started in, at the Royal Rumble in 2015, nine years ago in Philadelphia, which is also the site of WrestleMania 40 now. And they had the Royal Rumble, if you remember, the infamous Roman Reigns victory in which Roman Reigns got completely booed. The Rock tried to come out and help Roman Reigns as the Big Show and Kane were double teaming up on him. Even The Rock got booed. Roman Reigns got booed. And the gods above, the wrestling gods above, saved WWE for that Monday Night Raw following that disaster because of the snowed-in Raw. You remember that? If they, I would have had, I, I really am so, I'm still bitter about it that, that there was that snowstorm that canceled Raw because I would have loved to have seen what the crowd would have done had there been a Monday Night Raw after that debacle of even The Rock not being able to save Roman Reigns at the Rumble. So, really ever since that time, people, including myself, have been saying, yeah, that'd be a pretty cool match. And then obviously he took off with the heel character and then it was just, man, Rock needs to come back. Let's do this. So, all right. Well, I, I think I've spent enough time on that, um, but uh, let me know what you guys' thoughts are because I'm curious as to what the how could anyone argue for Cody being in the main event of WrestleMania from a money perspective, which is their pri main priority, love it or hate it, it's whatever it is, it is what it is. It is the only option. It is a bigger match. It's a bigger draw. End of subject. It just is. And I feel bad for Cody. I do. Because if he thought that he was going to get the main event spot and win the Rumble, hmm, yeah, that's not happening. So things are going to get very interesting very quickly. I know we have, again, the Elimination Chamber in Perth, Australia. That's going to be huge coming up. So we'll uh, we'll dissect that after the Rumble. But it's officially unofficial, right? Or unofficial, unofficially official? That's probably more likely. That The Rock and Roman Reigns is happening. We can say that now. Finally. All right. So let's move on with Raw because it wasn't just about The Rock. Now, I mean, there, there was a lot of fun stuff on this show. Let's go through it. So um, we'll start at the top of the show here. Reading a rundown of Raw. Becky Lynch and Nia Jax. You know, I have been a Nia Jax hater. I have felt that she is a liability, as many others have. I have felt that she's genuinely unlikable. Um, and that she does nothing for me. I'm not changing my opinion on that. However, I will say that they have done an, a, a really nice job 
of making her feel like a a huge threat like like a badass a true badass in the women's division that is a force to be reckoned with is this a setup for potentially Jade Cargill maybe but Nia Jax is a force to be reckoned with she's going to be a force in the Rumble match and this match with Becky Lynch was really nice the video packages really not just through for this match but throughout the show were very well done Becky Lynch um, had some really nice kickouts here, really nice near falls with the Samoan drop off the second rope. That was very believable. And then the knockout punch, that like uppercut jab was sold just perfectly by Becky Lynch. The bloody mouth, which I still don't know if that was uh, legitimate or not, but if it wasn't legitimate, then I, you know, it's just trying to sell the story of, you know, the, the, the bloody nose now to the bloody mouth that Nia Jax has, uh, once again, injured Becky Lynch. Um, I, I loved this. I really loved this match. This was nice, really nice match. And one that was a surprising outcome for the positive in Nia Jax winning. I think that's a positive because so many times under the Vince McMahon regime and very often in the Triple H regime, do we see heels always needing to cheat to win? Not, I shouldn't say always, frequently needing to cheat to win, whether it's behind the ref's back, a foreign object, um, you know, their, their henchmen interfering. This was just Nia Jax flat out beating Becky Lynch. After the knockout punch, the, uh, she sat on her, right? With the sit down, uh, not the sit down power bomb. The sit down, sit down power bomb was a little bit uh, sloppy, but other than that, I have nothing bad to say at all. Um, the annihilator, rather, the annihilator, and got the victory. And the announcers framed it as a huge win for Nia Jax, and it was. This is a really a career defining victory for Nia Jax in a lot of ways. It's on a bigger stage than just a regular Raw. It was the opening match. They put on a really nice performance, both women. And she went over clean on one of the biggest babyface women in the company. They have plans for Nia Jax. I hate to overuse their their phrase of making a statement, but this was actually the proper time to say that. She made a statement and her character made a statement that I'm here I'm ready to go and no one's going to stop me. And I, I think that Nia Jax, not just in the ring, but on the microphone has improved too with her promos with Becky have really you know, shown me a side of her. I didn't really think was there. So am I becoming a Nia Jax fan? <laughs> no. Okay. Let's, let's pump the brakes. All right. But I, I, I think that she's an enjoyable heel, meaning I, I still root against her. But I see now what they see. I see the value of her being here. So that is a, that's a step in the right direction. Really enjoyed this. All right. Then we get Mr. Uh, you know, investment banker Cody Rhodes, who, <laughs> I mean, just did everything he could to, I feel like, sit here, just annoy the crap out of me. Personally, I'm sure he's very concerned about me. And I felt like this was geared towards me. I felt personally attacked. 
because not only did, you know, did he come out smiling, the camera was on him backstage following him to the ring and he's smiling at like everyone that walks by. I'm like, you cheesy dork. Right. And he comes out again, his character guys, I'm attacking his character. He comes out and did his usual. What do you want to talk about? Which was just, again, no reaction outside the the first part. You'll get a reaction because he says the name of the city. I could go out there and get a reaction by saying the name of the city. But then when he asks the question, no one responds. They just are. It's just it goes from like a nine to a three. It's like, I don't know, Cody. What do you want us to say? Yay. Right. When is he going to get it? He thinks it's a thing. It's not a thing. However, um, he then went for a three for three and spoke about having the privilege of being the first wrestler to welcome viewers to the day one edition of Raw. Is he, again, this is not this is not specifically on Cody. It's really on every time this happens. And I know I, you guys get me tired of me saying it, but I'm tired of hearing it. I don't know how it doesn't bother everybody else. that The wrestlers are the ones saying this. The announcer said it like four times before any match even started. And then we have a match and we're into the show. I think we know what effing show we're watching. He's not a spokesperson for the company. It's just so stupid. It's 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 I want I want the person responsible for this line that has to be the first line out of every wrestler's mouth to talk to me. I, I want them to call me, email me. Why do you do this? It made it even worse, of course, that it's Cody. But, however, he did jump into Shinsuke Nakamura and said he's stuck. He's stuck on Shinsuke Nakamura. He said he expected something more sophisticated from Nakamura than reading than his book reading, and he's stuck on Nakamura because this quote should be over. And Cody said he was giving Nakamura the opportunity to finish things, and he called out Nakamura and saying they're going to end it now. Nakamura came out and and. Uh, said that basically, you know, he's going to give him one more week and then they'll finish it. I mean, that, that seems to be what they're going to go for here. Um, and it, it was also weird that they talked about the poison mist that Shinsuke spits out. Well, if it's poison, I, I don't think Shinsuke would be keeping it in his mouth. <laughs> like same with Asuka. I mean, also, if it's potent to the eyes, it's probably potent to inside your body. You know what I mean? I I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not ranting on it. I'm not hating on it. I understand the visual. But even if you even if you just like think about scratching the surface on that statement, just even thinking, not actually doing it, you're like, wait a minute. If if it's poison, how is Shinsuke not vomiting blood? I know he's not maybe swallowing it, but it, it gets in your saliva, which gets into your system. Right, like if it's potent for the eyes, it is not potent for you know your uh, your the pores in your mouth and your you know your saliva that circulates throughout your system and goes into your stomach. What in the hell is this stuff? Does it know that it's your mouth and not your eyes, so it's not going to burn you or harm you? I don't know. I'm just I'm just messing, guys. But sometimes that stuff is just. Like, what are we doing? However, it will be fun 
to see the conclusion to Nakamura and and, uh, and Cody. I think that they're going to put on a, a really fun finale here. I fully expect Cody Rhodes to go over as he should as they're gearing up for a huge WrestleMania season for Cody. I, I don't know what that looks like yet. Again, as I said, I'm cool with Cody beating Roman at Chamber. Totally cool with it. And maybe, maybe it's the story, if they want to tell it this way, kind of like they did with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 26, where Undertaker refused to face Michaels again until he forced Mike, he forced Undertaker's hand by costing him the championship in the chamber. If you remember, he popped up through the chamber in Sweet Chin Music Taker and costing him the world championship. They could do the same thing with Roman, where Roman is refusing to face The Rock, and The Rock costs Roman Reigns the championship. Cody Rhodes wins, and... Uh, now it's Rock Roman, no title. Cody Rhodes goes on to WrestleMania as champion and defends it there and retains the championship at WrestleMania. And you kind of kill two birds with one stone. I think maybe that's how they do it. And Roman is just so infuriated that he, so he says, fine, I'll face, you know, um, I'll, I'll face you at WrestleMania. No belt, which is the way it should be. But all right. Uh, Punk is going to be there next week on Raw, so not this week. That's a smart move by WWE. Kofi Kingston and Jey Uso versus Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Okay, this one um, was really remembered for one thing, and that's the ref stoppage. It ended in seven minutes. Uh, Vinci hopped onto the middle rope and jumped into a big drop kick by Kingston, and it looked pretty bad. Um, Giovanni Vinci looked like he was knocked out. Even the reaction of uh, uh, Jey Uso on the ropes. It looked real like, oh, yikes, bro. And he got knocked pretty silly. Apparently, uh, Giovanni Vinci is and did walk backstage and walk around backstage and, and kind of shake it off on his own accord. That's good to hear. But, um, you know, it, it highlights a couple things. One, this ain't ballet, as they say. And the risks are real, even for these professionals. And two, crediting the WWE medical team and management for prioritizing the health and safety of the wrestlers. And I feel like maybe we shouldn't even be praising that. It should just go without saying. But, you know, you think back to the, the even just 15 years ago in WWE, and it's it was just gutted out, shake it off. You know, if you have a concussion, you just kept going. It's the way they did it. And that's not how they do it now. I don't need to baby these guys, but if they're knocked silly, head injuries are serious. I've never luckily had one knock on wood, but I am a sentient human being that knows head injuries are among the worst. I mean, you're messing with the brain, which is the functional motor of the entire body. Um, and so I'd imagine we're not going to see Giovanni Vinci in a ring for a few weeks until he passes uh, concussion protocol and uh you know meets wwe standards of care when it comes to that even if he is walking around on his own which is of course a very good thing there can be lingering effects of uh, of a concussion there can be lingering effects of any kind of head injury neck injury that don't show themselves for several weeks so i would imagine it's probably not maybe until the rumble maybe we'll see giovanni vinci in the rumble but uh, I was just glad that they just decided, hey, let's call it. Put up the X, match over. So 
Okay. Let's see. We got Ms. TV. He was in the ring. He wished everyone a happy new year. And um, he said there are a lot of rumors about the former champion who would appear later in the show and then shifted his focus to the guests. And the Judgment Day came out, but they didn't. It was R-Truth who came out wearing the shirt that includes a piece of tape that lists him as part of the faction. And then Miz introduced Truth as the most likable member of the Judgment Day and asked him where everyone else was. Truth looked around and swore they were standing behind him. And Truth said it, um, he had something to do first and the all rise for the Judgment Day line. Uh, Miz said that uh, it was better than when Priest says it. And uh, let's see, Dominic and Rey Mysterio. I'm sorry, Rey, not Rey. Dom and J.D. McDonough come out. Uh, Dom said that this needed to end, of course, getting booed to oblivion by his hometown, which says something. Uh, And uh, they even Cole even acknowledged that they don't like him in his hometown. And um, Truth also pointed it out in the fans booed and Truth recalled McDonough losing him, losing to him in a loser leaves Judgment Day match from two weeks ago. And Miz said that stipulation was very clear and then asked McDonough what he was doing in the ring. Dom tried to speak and was booed again. Um, this eventually was crafted into a Miz and R-Truth versus J- JD and Dominic matchup, which R-Truth thought was a strange bedfellows thing and winked at Dom as if they were in cahoots. <laughs> I mean, R-Truth is just the best, man. I have to like R-Truth. Can he be a part of my the weekly program? I mean, he is just such a he, you're laughing with him, but not at him like, you're, you know, he's a character that you respect. He's a character that you first of all, you can't even believe he's 50 some years old the way he moves around the ring. Can we do some kind of investigating? Can, can I see his birth certificate? I mean, he is a, a, a comedy character, but also can wrestle his ass off. So you're laughing with him, not at him. And he's. Just got the connection with the crowd that is really something that you can't manufacture. It just either happens or it doesn't. And for a lot of guys, it doesn't happen. Most guys, I would argue, and or gals, it doesn't just happen. Um, with our truth, it was nearly from the beginning. It just the, the crowd latched onto him. He's just got this aura about him. He's got this likableness about him that uh, is infectious and root for and laugh with. And I don't know, he's just an enjoyable character that at some point, you you know, you would have hoped that they'd give him some kind of major title run, even for a short period. But I unfortunately think we're past that. But it's still good to see our truth, I have to say. It really is. And this match, though, Ended in about seven minutes, seven and a half minutes where R-Truth and Miz beat Dom and JD. The finish was uh, McDonough held Miz's arms behind his back and he encouraged Truth to hit him. Truth said he was sorry and he told Miz he loved him and wound up for the punch that hit McDonough after Miz escaped. And Miz followed up with a skull-crushing finale on McDonough and got the victory. So... R-Truth did a callback to Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels in Ric Flair's retirement match, the infamous I'm Sorry I Love You Sweet Chin music that ended Ric Flair's career in WWE. It was uh, just a callback to that. It fits R-Truth's character perfectly. It was all just, uh, just well done. All right. What happens next? So then uh, 
we got Ivy Nile and Rhea Ripley for the World Heavy Women's World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> uh, really nice video packages, by the way, for both women. Video packages, while I don't need them to overwhelm the show, can be very, very effective when you don't have time or for one, one reason or another, don't trust the talent yet to cut a A-plus promo in front of a live crowd and you need to lean on video packages to get your message across of who they are, what they want. And Ivy Nile, uh, that was a nice video package, giving us a little background on her. Her gym workouts, obviously, are crazy. And then you get to Rhea Ripley, who's been just completely dominating the women's division. And there was a nice setup. It just at least builds a little interest of why these two women are fighting and why you should root for one over the other. So this match ended in 13 minutes. Pretty lengthy match, but deservingly so. In a match that I thought went pretty well. Um, Kind of a Zoe Stark type of match where it's the underdog not from the underground, but just the underdog who gets some really nice hope spots, shines a little bit, shows the crowd what she can do. Uh, A This Is Awesome chant did ring out. The German suplex from the middle rope on Rhea Ripley towards the end of the match was really just, it was brutal, but also sold well and still safe. And the finish was Nile going up to the top and diving at Ripley. Ripley had a vicious headbutt and then hit the knee strike and riptide to get the victory. Um, the match wasn't the smoothest, but I think it still accomplished the goal of showing us who sh- who Ni- Ivy Nile is. It's an introduction to Ivy Nile, and I think it still accomplished its goal. And I think that she uh, can do... N- Ivy Nile had nothing to lose and everything to gain in this match. So, all right. Right, the right person won, though. I mean, there's nobody in the right mind. I believe Ivy Nile would win, and nor should she. But all right, Seth Rollins was shown backstage while Cole was hyping his world title match against Barrett, or rather Barrett against Drew in uh, later in the night. And Jinder Mahal, I already went through this. This is when the whole Rock segment happened with uh, with Jinder Mahal. So I already dissected that into a fine powder. And then we get um, Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark versus Tegan Knox and Natalia. This match was quick, five minutes, five and a half minutes. Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark won against Tegan Knox and Natalia. The finish was Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell uh, were shown on a backstage monitor. Knox performed a flip into a top rope seated senton onto Baszler for a two count. Baszler then dropped Knox with a kick and covered her, but Natalia ran in. Stark super kicked Natalia. Baszler performed a German suplex on Knox, and then Stark hit Knox with the Z360 and got the victory. So, you know, I have to say I felt bad for the women here. You go from the biggest star in the world to a women's tag team match, of which, you know, the fans aren't really hot on any four of these women right now. Kind of felt bad for them. Not a great, not an envious spot to be and to follow. Just, I mean, it's just not. I mean, even if it wasn't for semi-cold women, in terms of where they, you know, their their place on the card right now isn't exactly you know, at the top. But even if you were semi-hot, you would get a very much muted reaction after all the energy was sucked out of the building with the rock. 
So uh, this was just, you know, not an envious spot, one that I don't think we'll be talking about a whole lot after, after tonight. All right. Here's something we will be probably talking about here. Um, Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre for the World Heavyweight Championship. I made the prediction that, that Drew's going to win. He didn't. And I don't hate that. I still think Seth is a, a fine champion. I'm ready to move on, but apparently WWE is not. And their opinions what matters. This was a really fun match. One that I think could have used even more time. This match went, let me look at the time. 18 minutes. It even could have gone you know, another five minutes. But I enjoyed the hell out of this. The Falcon Arrow performed by Drew after blocking Seth's was really nice. Can we just get these two wrestling on a weekly basis? Can we can we just get like a a default match with these two every week? <laughs> they are just so good together. I love it. I love both of their styles. They mix well. Their near falls are crazy. The pedigree near fall was a lot of fun. The Future Shock DDT spot uh, that you thought, eh, I've seen Drew win with this before, made you at least think for a second, maybe. That was fun. Um, Now, Damian Priest did come out here with the Money in the Bank briefcase, and he was accompanied by Dom, and Priest had Dom distract the referee and then hit Rollins with the briefcase. Priest told the referee he was going to cash in. McIntyre hit Priest with a Claymore on the outside of the ring, and then McIntyre suplexed Dom, essentially neutralizing the threat of the cash-in. McIntyre then came to the ring and hit a Claymore on Rollins, and you're thinking at that point, after being hit with the briefcase and then a Claymore, game, set, match, Drew wins, and it also is a kind of a heel victory because he's coming off of the the you know unintended assistance by Damien by from hitting Seth in the head with his briefcase after the Claymore. Oh my God, here we go. And I'm thinking, yeah. And it was not to be as McIntyre went for the victory, but Rollins's foot was on the rope because McIntyre rolled him up too far. Now Cole tried initially to play it off like Rollins had ring awareness. And he's, you know, he's the one that's responsible for breaking the count. And it was Barrett who actually corrected Cole and said, I think he actually over uh, rotated with the, 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 the pin. And that's, I think, the story they're going with. That's a more telling story is Drew over rotating with the pin, which allowed Seth's legs to uh, get tangled up in the ropes and breaking the pin. But Drew comes up short and Seth Rollins wins and he retains now, the, 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 it's not the interesting question of where does Seth go. It's really where does Drew go? What happens to Drew after losing again to Seth? Essentially clean. What happens? I mean, this to me should be the transformation point for Drew where he was still kind of toeing the line. He said the fans turned on him. And I said he went, he's officially been a heel and he has, but he's been this kind of like respectable heel where he seems like he's still trying to do the right thing, but he thinks we're the ones that have turned on him and he's been a heel, but where's the nasty drew? Where's the one that 
kind of morphs into this evil SOB. And I think this could push Drew over the edge. And that's what I want. This is a character-changing loss. It may not happen instantly, but I think you're going to see Drew and his moral compass uh, decline rapidly over the next several weeks. So I think you're, this is a, a, a character-defining de- loss, if that makes sense. There's going to be big ramifications for Drew coming off of this and losing another opportunity to win the world title. So that to me is the more interesting story because Seth can go on and, you know, he can have whoever in the Royal Rumble. Maybe he doesn't have a match at the Royal Rumble. Maybe it's uh, just Seth in the Rumble. We'll see. We still have a few weeks to build. But I believe, to me, the more interesting character development is for Drew than for Seth. And there's a lot that they could do there. A lot. And Drew has become way more fun to watch. And uh, I'm I'm digging it. I'm digging it. You know, and I just have to say before I wrap up, really since the Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression Era, if you've watched back that far, and I know some of you haven't, you're, you're newer fans. I'm 38 years old. I'll be 39 next month. And I have to say, and this isn't just me living in the moment of, oh, it's fresh in my mind. So that's my, my emotions are amplified. As human beings, we tend to do that, right? Like sometimes we'll over-exaggerate what's going on now instead of looking back and getting some perspective of, well, I don't know if it really is, right? It's just because I'm in the moment, it feels more intense. But I will say this. I'm bringing that up because I don't think, since I've been watching wrestling since 1997, the beginning of the Attitude Era, that wrestling has felt this hot, that wrestling has felt this important to watch, almost a must-see TV every week now. And this has felt this way even before WrestleMania season began, which really is the last several weeks and, and, and you know since the last pay-per-view, since uh, Survivor Series, really. It has felt just almost back to what must-see TV feels like. And I haven't felt that way in a long time. There have been moments and stretches throughout WWE's existence after the Ruthless Aggression era ended where you felt like it was must-see, and there were stretches where it felt unbelievably boring and awful. And what are they doing and embarrassing? And this is the first time for an extended period of time that you are looking at this and saying, wow, this is an awesome time to be a fan. Think about all the returns that have happened. And it's not just because of the returns. Not just because of the returns. Like you would you know, you look at this and say, okay, you've got punk back. That is something most of us didn't think would happen. Randy Orton's back after an 18 month injury. Roman Reigns is on a three and a half year tear that yes is historic, as much as all of us wanted to just end. You've got the rock back. Two face Roman Reigns. Yes, I will say it with confidence at WrestleMania 40. You've got Cody Rhodes, the fans who the fans love, who's on a, a, a journey to eventually capture the World Heavyweight Championship or the one that he, that Roman Reigns is carrying, which is more likely. 
you've got LA Knight on the rise, a guy that came from almost being fired to the fans elevating him to someone that nearly beat Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Championship a few months ago. All right. You have Logan Paul, who's come out of nowhere and proven that he can be whatever he needs to be in the ring and feel like he's, it's his second home. Dominic Mysterio, who has shown he is the, maybe the biggest heel in the company. <laughs> All right. You've got um, now the women's side of things. I mean, yes, you have some prospects on the outside looking in. Ones that are, are haven't debuted yet. You've got a potential Trish Stratus return for 2024. Becky Lynch is back on the rise. Rhea Ripley's having a career year. Charlotte went down with an injury, but then you have Mercedes Monet, i.e. Sasha Banks, maybe still signing with WWE. Maybe, although that seems more unlikely by the day. You've got a potential, potential big debut from AEW and MJF. I, I know a lot of you think I'm wrong on that, and I, I very well maybe, but it's fun to still at least think about it happening because guess what? Whether you like it or not, it eventually will, even if it doesn't happen this year. MJF is eventually coming to WWE. Okay, so that'll be a whole lot of fun. Um, You have Triple H now in charge of creative. Kevin Dunn is gone from WWE, so you have a different set of eyes and different brain at the TV production side of things. Stone Cold Steve Austin pops in and out from here, you know, uh, here and there. He had a match just a couple of years ago against Kevin Owens and looked really good. This is just a product. You have, oh, by the way, not to mention Gunther is the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time and has arguably added more value to his championship than anyone in the history of that belt. Consistently puts on excellent matches and is easily in the World Heavyweight Championship picture, if not the Undisputed Championship picture in 2024, after he drops his IC Championship, which will probably be soon. Okay. There is just so much going on. Seth Rollins, right? I think there's a heel turn coming for him soon. Punk, we don't know who, you know, he's obviously going to face yet. Uh, Probably Rollins at Mania, as we all expect. But my point is, after listing just some of the things, not all, on top of Jey Uso, who has come out of nowhere and felt like a true main event Jey Uso, the Yeet movement's on, the Yam movement's on. Um, this has just been a really fun time to be a wrestling fan. And yes, I spend a lot of time on here complaining about things, sometimes to a fault. But it's because I know the product can be better with just simple changes. It's out, it's really out of love. I I, I, I mean, it really is. It's not here trying to get clicks or whatever. It's not me. I'm never, okay, I will never come on here and say things that I don't believe, ever. Okay? That's my promise to you. I'm not working for anyone except this guy, and I'm pointing to myself. So my point is, after all saying all of that, if you're not excited about wrestling right now, then I don't know what will get you excited. Okay, you've got up-and-coming talent. You've got the talent of yesteryear. And it's a, it's really a nice mix right now on top of pretty good storytelling all the way around. Um, crowds have been hot, generally speaking. WrestleMania is on the horizon. Royal Rumble's, uh, you know, a stone's throw away. So this is just a hell of a time to be a fan. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up WWE's backside too much here, but uh, they're on a very nice hot streak. 
and let's see if that can continue. I think it will. Well, that'll do it for me here on the WWE podcast for the Monday Night Raw review. I hope everyone is enjoying their day. If you're listening to me at work, get back to work. All right, that's an order. Pull a little Sergeant Slaughter out of there. Um, hope you uh enjoying the uh, midweek here as we come back to work after the holidays and try to figure out what the hell day it is again, right? I said that yesterday. The, the time between Christmas and New Year's is just this abyss of time that is is, is very perplexing to the human mind i don't know what day it is what time it is sometimes i forget my own name i mean i i just sometimes during this time it's especially if you have kids just like what what you know you're just in this whirlwind (laughs) so um this week is kind of the get back to the your routine week people are back to work you know your content should be back shows are coming back on your tv and, and 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 all that so um it's a good time guys good time time to take a breather after the holidays and um, take a breather with us here on the WWE podcast as we guide you through WrestleMania season which is now here and it's going to be the biggest one we've had in a long time that's not hyperbole they say WWE says that every year but this one truly feels that way and we'll be here because you can join us on Patreon and go ad free get access to a discord server that's only available to patrons at patreon.com slash WWE podcast and talk to all the other fans of this show and of, more importantly, wrestling. That's only for patrons. But if you want to go on Apple, many of you, most of you, I think like 70% of you listen through Apple Podcasts, there's an ad-free experience there too. If you click the ad-free button and you get the exclusive show of the um, uh, the After Dark show, the adult version of the show that drops every single week, only on Apple Podcasts and Patreon. So check it out, guys. That'll do it for me. I will talk to you tomorrow for the mailbag. And I will say the mailbag is piling up. So I don't know how I'm going to be able to get to everybody. It may not happen tomorrow. I will prioritize patrons, of course. But uh, the mailbag is filling up. And I try not to run more than an hour on that show. So keep your messages brief if you can. The, the, brief, the more brief and concise your messages are, the better chance I have of getting to you if you're not a patron, especially. So, all right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. So you don't miss a show or head to WWE And for all of these shows ad free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.